Welcome to Swift Unwrapped, a podcast about the Swift programming language and other projects at Swift.org. I'm Jesse Squires. And I'm JP Samard. And today we'd like to thank Instabug for sponsoring this episode. Uh, Instabug, you've heard of them before. Uh, they provide an SDK that gives accurate in-app feedback um, that your users and beta testers can provide uh, thorough feedback from your app by just shaking the phone and then you can take a screenshot, you can draw, annotate, uh, blur away sensitive data, things like that. Um, Instabug can automatically provide you with device details, network logs, uh, steps to reproduce bugs, which is always the hardest thing as a developer, and view hierarchy inspection with every report. So if you have something going wrong with your app's UI, you'll actually have this result of the view, view hierarchy inspection that you can further dig into. You get crash reporting, uh, and all of this gets sent along with a complete stack trace of everything that happened when the stack when the crash occurred. Uh, companies like Lyft, eBay, and T-Mobile use Instabug. Uh, if you sign up today with instabug.com slash Swift, you can integrate the SDK, which just takes a, line, a single line of code, and you can even get a special Instabug t-shirt. So thank you, Instabug, for sponsoring this episode. All right, so today we're going to be talking about uh, this new proposal. Well, I guess not super new now. It's already implemented for Swift 5. Um, enhancing string literals delimiters to support raw text. This is the raw string proposal, as right. it's also known. Proposal 200, actually. Big milestone, lots of proposals. Yeah. I don't know even what we're up to now. It's well over 200, though, I think. Well, if only there were this website where you could look this up. It seems like we are at 231 proposals. The latest one being optional iteration. Hmm. Okay, well, we should get into that at a later time. Yeah, so what's uh, what are raw strings all about? Uh, raw strings. Well, um, first off, the authors here are kind of the usual suspects. We have uh, Mr. John Holdsworth, who um, had uh, the proposals as well for multi-line string literals. And in fact, this, um, this raw string support was originally part of the multi-line string literal work right. uh, that John had done way back for, like, he had a prototype for, like, Swift 3 or something. And then it got deferred, and then this raw stuff got further kind of punted on when they looked at the raw, the uh, multi-line string literals. Um, then we also have Brent Royal Gordon, who just took up a job uh, at Apple to work on Swift. So congratulations, Brent. Yeah, I did not know that. Uh, and then we have Erica Sadoon as well, um, who's a heavy hitter in the proposal space. Right. Still, I think Erica probably has the most authored and or co-authored proposals of anyone in the community, including everyone on the core team. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's that's a tough line to beat. Yeah. Uh, and it's worth noting that what we'll be talking about here is actually already implemented uh, and scheduled to be included in Swift 5. Uh, so you could go and check out a recent snapshot. Um, uh, development snapshot at swift.org slash download and uh, and check this out yourself. So Jesse, what is this? 
Yeah. So, you know, normally when we're dealing with strings, you know, everyone listening, you've probably dealt with escape characters. Like if you want to put a new line in a string, you'll do backslash n. Uh, but this can get like very cumbersome if you're trying to build up uh, like regular expressions, for example, uh, using Swift strings um, because you have to escape certain characters like the backslash if you're using that in your regex. So then you'd have like two backslashes and then it just gets like very, uh, just very cumbersome, very ugly, very hard to read. Uh, and parse and see what's going on in a typical string literal. And so this aims to basically give us a way to put anything we want in these string literals, not have to worry about escape sequences and exactly what you put in there is what the value of this string will be. Right, so it's this provides a mechanism in which the uh, string representation in source code can more closely or in some cases exactly match what the uh, end result of the string will be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I, I'm sure I'm not alone in having done regular expressions as string literals in Swift and having cursed at myself yeah. for not being able to understand uh, what it was that the regular expression was doing, which is hard enough to do without any additional escape characters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one of the um, one of the motivation uh, portions that is mentioned here on the proposal is that um, oftentimes when you're kind of crafting a string literal like this, you kind of need to go back and forth with kind of the external representation and then the Swift source representation. So for example, say you're working on this regular expression, you might be working with an external regular expression prototyping tool, right? Uh, one that I use is rubular.com, uh, but it's like Ruby style regular yeah. expressions. I just like the, the interface. Yeah. But the point being that you're kind of going back and forth between your Swift source file Right. And uh, an external editor, an external source, and you want to make a change. Well, you need to always remember to re-add all the same kind of ex escape sequences that you need for this to be a valid string literal in Swift. Um, right. And this can lead to bugs as well, because you might copy the wrong iteration of something as you go to work on it, make a change, paste it back in and override something else that you're missing. Right? You can see how this can be a common source of uh, of programmer thrash. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, one of the other motivations here, which which is really the other side of the same coin, is that these raw strings are transportable. They can allow devs to cut and paste uh, from either the literal string or um, the uh, the Swift source representation. It's very useful. Mm -hmm. So, what does this actually look like? Yeah, and this is the part where I just find it very strange in some ways. But so one thing that's cool in this proposal, they lay out how all these other languages um, that have a similar feature, how they implement this, and they kind of compare it to Swift and see if it would be possible just like wholesale using, you know, the exact syntax. And if, you know, it's, you know, quote, Swifty. So for example, C++ has this feature, you have like this capital R and then the quotes and then parentheses, and then you have your string inside there. 
C sharp and F sharp have uh, this objective C string literal kind of looking thing where you have like the at sign and then quotes and then your raw text uh, in there. So the authors here went with a Rust inspired uh, implementation um, and syntax. And in Rust, you prefix the string with a lowercase r, then you have the pound signs and then quotes. Uh, for Swift, they're omitting the uh, opening R for aesthetic and non-Swifty reasons. And so what this will look like in your code is you'll have the pound sign, single quote, your text, and then single quote to close, and then pound sign to close. Right. And you can have additional layers of this uh pound sign onion yes where if you need an additional layer of escaping so like say you have a pound sign uh in your string right um well that actually that itself doesn't need to be escaped but it's more if you need things that need escaping like uh, a double quote character yeah so then you you might need an additional layer of pound signs on the outside which need to be matched uh, in the opening side and on the closing side. Right. So you could have any string. Let's just say you, the string is hello. You can pad that with as many pound signs on the outside as you want. Right. Techn that's syntactically correct. So you could put like 10 on each side yeah. and it would be fine. 10 is like uh, uh, future-proofing your string literal. So you're like, yeah. well, I don't know how many quotes I'll need in the future. So... Let's just put 10 pound signs to be safe. Right. So the reason you would do that, though, is yeah, if you need to escape characters within that raw text, which you use by prefixing, you escape a character with the pound sign. Is that correct? Inside the string? You escape it using a backslash pound. Uh, or sorry, that's string interpolation. I, I do think that you use a backslash pound for uh, regular escaping as well. So say you yeah. want, say you want a uh, a new line rather than backslash n. Yeah, I think you might do uh, backslash pound sign n. Kind of need to look this up. All right, this is where it gets a little confusing. So for string interpolation, you'd use a backslash, pound sign, open parentheses, string interpolation, and then closing uh, parentheses. And with this, you don't need uh, a trailing set of pound signs that match the number of leading pound signs. Right. For any sort of other escaping, it's just... Uh, one additional backslash more than the number of pound signs on the outside of the string literal. So say you have pound sign, double quote, string, double quote, pound sign. You can have a single backslash in there that will be represented as raw string. But if you have backslash, backslash, that's being escaped. That plays the same role as a backslash today in a string literal. Right. So say you have a single layer of pound signs on the outside, you'd have backslash backslash n for a new line character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
This is all very easy, Jesse. I don't know yeah, why right. you're having a hard time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it is not. So everyone listening, totally clear on how to construct these strings. Yeah, and you know, a podcast is definitely the right medium to be describing string literals. Uh, whenever yeah. I type these out, I usually just record myself saying it and then type it back in. Yeah, so the maybe a better example here is in this proposal that you consider the text. Like if you want the actual string output to be backslash pound one then today what you'd have to type you'd have to have double backslash pound one and that would produce the correct results in the new system you could do the same yeah, it kind of feels like this podcast is kind of becoming a parody of itself where right. we <laughs> try to read out loud certain uh, swift source segments and try to make sense of it all. Yeah, uh, we'll get through this together, though. So then if you want to do this as raw text, you'd have to... <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, this is so ridiculous. So you'd have a uh, pound character and then your quotes, backslash pound, backslash pound to escape the pound that you want to print with the backslash. And then number one, then your closing quote and closing pound. I, I really do encourage everyone listening to this to, yeah. to bring up SC200 where these examples are laid out. Yeah. Um, but even beyond just kind of reading this, um, playing around with, for example, Paul Hudson has a Swift 5 playground where he right. uh, goes through a number of the features and, and this rostering literal is one of them. Seeing it visualized might, might really help uh, everyone just kind of understand how this works. Yeah. And then this like this padding comes into play, which is actually the easier way to spell this out. So if you just imagine you have in quotes, just backslash pound one, and that's the raw string that you want to produce, then you just pad the whole thing with two pound signs on either side. And that's where this uh, escaping comes into play or I guess the lack of escaping, which is the purpose of padding these raw string literals with these pound signs so that what is within the quotes reads uh, exactly like it would be printed. Right. Yeah, so you get the exact string that you want in there and then you just pad it with the number of pound signs that you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I see. So, like, JSON is, is another example where um, uh, that, that is a particularly good candidate for this rostering representation, where uh, if you've ever had to escape some of your JSON in a Swift string literal, uh, then you'd be able to leverage this feature to avoid having to do that. And this kind of ties into kind of broader implications with Swift cross-platform limitations as well, where currently bundles or bundled assets are really only supported in, well, for example, the Swift package manager doesn't support it, which means that anything that builds using Swift PM 
on non-Darwin platforms doesn't really have access to that kind of bundle concept. Um, you know, there's no real way for you to package your Swift executable or, or program using bundled assets. And so what some people have done is um, to serialize bundled assets as strings and then escape those strings into Swift source so that, for example, if you have a Swift project that needs kind of default HTML templates for like a static site generator, for example, then you might kind of encode that as a string and then encode that using a Swift raw string with all the escape sequences. But this is very tedious, right? You can see, for example, if you need JSON shipped with your app or um, or HTML or any sort of uh, text like that, that you might want to leverage raw string literals to ship your ship that with your app. Yeah, and you know, despite some of this kind of awkwardness that we've been poking fun at a little bit, uh, this is like a proven design in many ways. I mean, this is basically exactly what Rust does. Um, and there's even this part under the design section stating Rust developers assured us that even one pound signed was unusual and more than one almost never needed, but it's nice to have the flexibility in the rare cases where you need it. So it sounds like in practice, like all of this pound sign business escaping these things is really not going to be a major issue the majority of the time, but I guess, you know, like they say, it's nice to have this feature in case you do need it. Yeah, what, what I find especially interesting in this design is that uh, you might have... So there's no way for you to uh, know the number of layered pound signs that you need uh, without knowing the content of the rostering. Right. And sure, you can future try to future-proof it by saying, well, I'm just going to put 10 pound signs and then whatever I can throw in, almost anything I can throw into there will, will be properly formatted. Mm -hmm. uh, but you might need 11 layers of backslash escaping and you just yeah. might not know it, right? Right. But yeah, I think in practice, it'll be unlikely that, you know, the, the more pound signs would be less and less likely. Yeah. Although I think padding the outside of the string with additional pound signs is much better than trying to use the escape delimiters within the string because that grows. So it's like if you have a single pound sign on the outside, then the escape sequence is backslash pound and then whatever you have after that. If you have uh, three pound signs on the outside, then that escape sequence would be backslash with three pound signs. But you can avoid that if you just add one more pound right. on the outside. So it's a fair trade-off, I guess, yeah, to this, clean up the inside of the string. This would really need to be used like very sparingly um, mm -hmm. because... Like the more, the the higher the number of places where you need to do string interpolation inside one of these raw strings, you need to keep track of that number of pound signs. Yeah, and yeah. And kind of, say you add one layer of escape protection. It sounds like I'm an insurance salesman now, but um, <laughs> you need to go and update all of the places where you have, like not only the 
leading and trailing of your raw string, but all the places inside there where you have string interpolation. Um, so you need to keep that in sync. And you know, there are big questions of, you know, how does this work with syntax highlighting as well? Like, will it be obvious where these places are? Yeah. Uh, I'm really curious kind of what comes out of that. Yeah, if the entire string is syntax highlighted in a single color like it is today, then um, that may be pretty difficult to read in some cases. Yeah. You know, it would be cool in regular strings if escape sequences could be highlighted differently. That would be nice. Yeah, and right now, um, I think that the uh, string interpolation is effectively... Um, not syntax highlighted. So the backslash and opening parentheses and the closing parentheses effectively get a syntax highlighting treatment of nothing. Yeah. Right? So it does stand out in a string. That's true. But they're not kind of specially highlighted. Maybe they should be. You know, maybe they should right. get their own color instead of being kind of null or Yeah, yeah. Nothing no, I think, uh, I think that's fine how it is now when you're interpolating but if you have i was saying like in a regular string if you have backslash in mm -hmm. like that escape sequence it'd be cool if that could be recognized as an escape sequence and highlighted differently oh, within the yes. string because then in a regular string and even these new raw strings if you have escape sequences in there i mean the compiler knows which characters are escape sequences, right? So it could highlight them differently within that string. I wonder if that's actually true. Um, ah. If if the Swift runtime actually takes care of determining, uh, of of effectively parsing the string into escape, escaped versus non-escaped. Yeah, I see. I think that's more of a runtime thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that could be extracted out into something that could be done by the by the compiler statically. Yeah. Uh, if only just for syntax highlighting. You know, you could imagine that this parsing might live in a layer that could be leveraged by the syntax highlighter. Yeah. The compiler wouldn't necessarily do anything differently with it, uh, but it would have knowledge of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be cool. Yeah, looking at... Um, at uh, Paul Hudson's Swift 5, what's new in Swift 5 Playground, uh, the raw string section, and just looking at the syntax highlighting there, um, it's, I think it could use some polish because um, the pound characters on the leading and trailing ends of the raw string are syntax, color, syntax highlighted in the same way as the rest of the string. Right? So say yeah. if your string literal is red, um, then even those leading and trailing pound signs would be the same red. So it's kind of hard to distinguish like at a glance what strings use th this raw functionality versus not. Right. Because it doesn't change the look of the string and the pound signs aren't syntax highlighted differently. And not only that, but if you do any string interpolation inside it, that backslash pound, 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 pound uh, set of characters uses different syntax highlighting than the leading and trailing pound signs. So yeah. it seems like if those were specially marked, mm -hmm. um, it might be easier to quickly at a glance know like, why is this escape sequence not working? Um, 
you know, it could be surfaced to the developer in a more obvious way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, also good to note that this works with multi-line string literals as well. So those were introduced in what, Swift 4, 4.1, where you have the three quotes. Swift 4, I think. Swift 4. So now with a multi-line triple quote string, you can also add the pound signs on the outside of that. And that works as raw strings as well. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think the, the tooling, uh, could use some polish here because, um, I just tried like adding a pound sign to one of these multi-line string literals with, with the, an existing pound sign and, uh, Xcode will attempt to re-indent it in, uh, in the wrong way. Yeah. Like just adding a character re-indents, which is incorrect. And then the whole string literal just loses all syntax highlighting. <laughs> right. Uh, and then until you go and make this valid, right? You go and add one to the very end. I see. And then, you know, it's like, oh yeah, everything's fine now. Right. Um, but this, you know, these are the kinds of things that aren't necessarily in uh, Swift evolution proposals. Right? right. Because they extend to to tooling. And so that kind of lives out of band and whoever's working on source kit just kind of makes a decision there of like, oh, well, let's, let's treat it as syntax out of the same way or not at all, or let's treat this as indenting or maybe no one actually looks at it. Right. Um, but because this is core to the developer experience, maybe these kinds of things could or should be included yeah. in Swift evolution proposals. How is this handled? Right. Well, then you also have like editor behaviors. So like Xcode, like in this case, it'd be cool if you add a pound sign to the front of the string if Xcode could automatically just add one for you at the end. Right. Um, but yeah, that falls, you know, on that team, whoever's working on that. Well, perhaps, but what yeah. I'm saying is like, you know, the underlying mechanism here, um, you know, this this is using source kit to, to do this syntax highlighting and this reindentation. Uh, that there's nothing stopping that work from being specked out in the open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, just looking at the way that the Swift team approaches um, tooling changes, uh, it doesn't follow the Swift evolution process. Yeah. And even then, like looking at um, the Swift 5 branching blog post that was recently on Swift.org, uh, there's a clear distinction between language changes and tooling changes. Right. Where they say, well, you know, basically anything goes for tooling. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't exactly say that, but it does follow a different process. It yeah. doesn't need to go through swift evolution. Right. Right. I'm saying that at some point in time, if we're to be serious about treating uh, the tooling as an important part of the language, that... Uh, it should be considered in at least discussions, even if it it's not it doesn't need to uphold the strict uh, guidelines of Swift evolution. Right. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, this is more on the community than on Apple, though. Of like just realizing that we Some can and should discuss this when coming up with language changes. Yeah. Totally. Cool. I think that's all we have for this episode. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Swift underscore Unwrapped. You can find me at Jesse underscore Squires. 
You can find me at SimJP on Twitter. And thanks for listening. And thank you for Instabug once again for sponsoring. You can check them out at Instabug.com slash Swift and even get a free special Instabug t-shirt.